Hey, welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, where our goal is to inspire and equip you to build a grace-filled, life-giving morning routine. My name is Kat Lee, and today we're talking with my friend Charity Stevens, and she's going to share her health journey. And y'all, I just want to say it is so powerful. After I had this interview with her and I chatted with her, I think I told everyone else that I talked to that day how powerful her story was and how powerful her journey is. So you guys are really going to love this. It's so inspiring and so encouraging. And she shares in such a grace-filled way and with so much wisdom of having been there, having done that, and now helping other people on their health journey. So let's dive into our chat today with Charity Stevens. Welcome to the Hello Mornings podcast, Charity. Hi, Kat. How are you? I am doing great, and I'm really excited to have you here because I love your story. I've known you for a long time, and I've seen the journey that you've gone on from the very beginning, from before the beginning, to where you are now. And I've actually really loved following you on Instagram lately. It's been so encouraging. I just love the way I love the way you do health stuff on Instagram. A lot of times, <laughs> I feel like the health things that I find on Instagram aren't quite me or it's just a different mm-hmm. vibe, and yours is just really helpful and practical, great tips. So I'm excited about sharing your story today with the Hello Mornings listeners, because I know that there's a lot of people that have been on a similar journey or in a similar place as you were when you first started out. And I'm just excited to share your story, because I think it's going to inspire them. But you're in a unique position, because not only is your story going to inspire, but you've also gone beyond just the personal transformation to the point of you're helping other people and you've, you know, learned things and you're really knowledgeable about this now. So I'm I'm just excited to have you on the show. But before we go too much more, I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about yourself, you, your family, and what you do. Sure. Thanks so much, Kat. I'm really excited. Um, so I live in Waco, Texas. We moved here in 1995. Um, my husband and I have three kiddos. It's so strange to introduce them as adults because I still think of them as little kids. Um, but Andrew is 20 now. What? And he's, yeah, I know. It's crazy to say that. I feel like I can't be old enough to have a 20 year old. <laughs> um, he's a junior at Baylor. So sick and bears. We love Baylor university. Um, he's thriving there. It's a lot of fun having him in town. Our daughter, Alina is, a, is 17. And she's a senior in high school this year. And if she has her way, she will be headed to Washington State. Wow. So I know I'm going to have to learn to like the color purple. It's not my <laughs> favorite color. Um, so she's hoping to go to UW there. And I'll learn their little hand sign and whatever their jingles are. We'll say those too. <laughs> um, so that's our daughter. And then our youngest son, the baby, is going to be 16 March 1st. So how's that happening? Um, he's our little soccer player, sophomore in high school, thriving, red hair, just a delightful little guy. So they keep me really busy throughout the day running, um, errands, mom, I forgot my folder. Can you bring me lunch? That kind of stuff. So love having, um, having them around and serving their socks off. So a little bit about me. I love animals. I always say, if you don't like animals, we can't be friends, (laughs) um, have three cats, two dogs and a bunny rabbit, um, just always loved being around animals. Uh, For seven years, I was a photographer. So I love art. I love things that are creative and visually inspiring. Um, Kind of in my journey and my process, I've come to love moving my body. I didn't always, 
But now I really love going out for a bike ride, just being really active. I work at a boot camp here in town, so I love teaching fitness and all things nutrition, things I've picked up and learned along the way become a real integral part of my life. I love it. And you guys, I'm just really genuinely excited to share Charity's story with you because I've met a lot of people online and I've often shared stories of people that I've met after the fact, authors or speakers or experts in different areas. And I love Charity's story because I've known her from the very beginning and I've Mm -hmm. seen the process of the journey that she's been on. And I just think you guys can glean so very much from it. And honestly, Charity, Jimmy and I have both talked about how impressed we are with you. Just at different points in the journey, we're like, wow, it's just amazing what she's done. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a thrill to be able to share you with listeners today. So what I want to do first is I want to go, I want to go kind of back even to the very beginning, Uh, you know, how you grew up, how you related to health and your thoughts of food and nutrition uh, when you were growing up that led to the, you know, kind of the turning point in your life as far as health and nutrition go? Sure. I love the song Amazing Grace. And it really is our family's anthem, uh, our kind of our family song and our declaration without going into just a ton of detail. um, My mom and dad kind of grew up in triple X, R rated backgrounds, lots of abuse, lots of alcohol, and just through a series of different events. They ended up in San Antonio. My dad had two little boys and was divorced. Uh, my mom was actually homeless on the streets of San Antonio, and she had a, two little kiddos, an infant and a toddler. And there was a lady uh, whose life uh, purpose was going out on the streets and just sharing the love of Jesus with people. And she ran into my mom with her two little kids, uh, just in a very broken place. And she said, ma'am, can I share um, Jesus with you? There's this man and he loves you and he has a plan for your life and it's to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And kind of in a, her broken place, um, she accepted Jesus and this lady pulled her into church and started discipling her. And in that process, she met my dad. Um, they married pretty quickly and really quickly had me and my younger brother. And so um, life was a hot mess in my early elementary years. Uh, my dad would kind of be a rags to riches story, but in that time of, um, for me, of just being a little, there was a lot of insecurity. We moved around a lot. Resources were super limited. Um, we were pretty poor. And while they were doing the best they could, there would be pockets in time where there wasn't enough food or there weren't enough resources. Maybe the power would be turned off. Just different things would happen. And, um, it weren't really a super close family, wasn't a lot of communication. So it was a little, it would just be really frightening and really scary. And I would internalize that. Um, I can remember mom coming home from the grocery store and having a bag of potatoes, a couple gallons of milk and some eggs. And she'd be doing the best she could. And we'd have scrambled eggs for breakfast and maybe some potato hash. And then at lunch, maybe she would make them into French fries and we'd have boiled eggs. And then for dinner, you know, we might have a baked potato and that might happen for a couple of weeks. And um, yeah, it just kind of created a lot of um, insecurity for me, uh, not really understanding what was going on, not understanding the big picture just from a child's perspective. There was a lot of fear associated with food. Uh, will there be enough? You know, where's our next meal going to come from? Are we going to be OK? Who's going to take care of us? How's this all going to play out? Um, I think because we didn't communicate and talk a lot about it, um, there just, there wasn't really a place to put it. Um, and I can remember 
you know, like on the way to church, maybe dad might say, hey, guys, this isn't something we really talk about. We don't share these situations with our friends. These are private family matters. Uh, we don't talk to our Sunday school teachers about this kind of thing. We don't ask for prayer. Um, and I think he was just trying to cover the family. But being a little, not really understanding, it really created this place of shame for me, um, not understanding, you know, what all was going on. It just really became a place of shame. And uh, being a strong-willed kiddo, it kind of set this early foundation for me to use food as a tool to kind of control and make sense of the confusion and pain because it wasn't something that I really understood. And so it just kind of set me up for this process of um, yo-yoing between not eating enough, eating too much. You know, later on, I would kind of swing the other direction, but it really just created this faith where I would have to meet Jesus and really press into him to find healing over the years. Wow. So I actually didn't even know all of that backstory. And <laughs> it lends so even so much more to your entire story, knowing kind of the, I guess, the perspectives that you had to overcome. It wasn't simply you didn't know what was healthy or not healthy. There was the food insecurity and, and all of that as well. So that's um, amazing to me. So you kind of that's kind of how you grew up and then you you got older and and maybe had kids and all of that what um what I guess was the turning point in your health journey sure um yeah so there were several things kind of leading up to that turning point uh, went to college worked three jobs ate out of vending machines I met Donald when I was 18 we uh, or 17. I was married when I was 18. Had Andrew when I found out I was pregnant when I was 19. Had Andrew at 20. So everything just happened really fast. Life just happened super, super fast, a lot faster than we had intended or planned. Um, in the process of pregnancy, you know, we had our kids pretty much back to back. I think Andrew was four and a half when Aaron was born. Um, so kind of in that process, I swung into just fear when I was pregnant, not really understanding nutrition, not understanding, not having a lot of information <clears throat> or a lot of people in my life to input in um, in that area. So I kind of swung to fear and overeating. I was so scared that I was going to hurt one of my babies by not eating enough or not eating the right things. So I would just eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. And so really kind of came into this opposite end of being unhealthy and overweight. I think with um, when I was pregnant with Andrew, I gained over a hundred pounds um, just constantly eating um, because I was so scared. So in 2009, um, the kids were a little bit older. I, you know, it was January 1st, and I was like, New Year's resolutions, like this is awesome. This is my year for change. You know, now I hate New Year's resolutions, and I, I don't make them anymore. Um, but I was talking on the phone with a friend and we were like, this is going to be our year. This is going to be awesome. Like we are going to lose weight, feel great. And like, we were just like bikini bodies. Here we come. Like just all this passion. And like, we were just going to go for it. And we were talking about like, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Like we have this goal to lose all this weight. And you know, we both had a lot of weight to lose. So we're like, how are we going to make this happen? And so we we're kind of talking about things we were going to do. And as I was listening to her, I just kind of had this light bulb moment. I was like, you know, we had this conversation last year and I weigh more this year than I did last year. 
And come to think about it, I think we had the same conversation the year before that. And I think we weigh more. And so like, I had this like kind of light bulb moment of I'm really lying to myself. And there's this disparity gap between what I'm saying and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling myself, I'm going to lose weight. I'm pumping myself up. But then I'm still like having pizza for dinner and um, way overeating and swinging. So I, it was just the duplicity. It really bothered me. And I thought, I really can't do this anymore. I cannot, I can't tell myself I'm going to do one thing and then do another. Mm. So that was really just kind of bugging me. A few weeks later, I went down to San Antonio to visit my mom. And I was really shocked. I hadn't seen her in a while. And I just noticed her health was starting to decline. And I think a lot of it was due to poor diet and nutrition and not taking care of herself. Um, And it was starting to kind of catch up with her. And, And just looking at her, we're built similar. We have some of the same struggles, some of the same issues. And I thought, gosh, I, you know, I have her DNA and just kind of this realization that if I didn't change this, uh, this would be my future. And it wasn't a future that, um, that I wanted, I wanted to be active. And so just realizing that the things that I do now are going to be the foundation of my future health and older age. And it was just kind of this wake, a little bit of a wake up call uh, for me. The, the third day I came back home and that spring I was having just some minor health issues I wasn't sleeping really well. I was having a lot of anxiety. Uh, I was doing some testing. I was starting to have really severe migraines that would knock me down for anywhere from three to six days. And so they were doing some scans and things to check that out. And sitting in my doctor's office, she she got really serious. And she leaned forward and she goes, Charity Stevens, you're too young to be this stupid. And it was a light, yeah, it was a lightning bolt moment. And I was like, did she just, like, I kind of got offended. Like, did she just say that to me? And I, and like, in that moment of offense, I was like, no, this is the kindest thing anybody could say to me right now. She's being so honest. And it was such a place of truth that just resonated with me. And I thought, if I don't listen to her, like, if I don't, grasp at this moment and I don't hear what she's saying, I'm going to miss something big. And so I was, she had my attention and she started saying like, you've got to get a handle. You've got to start exercising. You've got to start eating better because if you don't, these are the medications you're going to be on. This is the traje- trajectory you're on. You're going to start having like, you're at high risk for diabetes. And she starts just listing off all these things. And I was like, I don't, I don't want that. Like, that's not my future. Like, I don't want to be that person that's so sick. I can't get up and play with my kids or I'm not healthy enough to be active with my grandkids. So that was kind of a big turning point where I realized I've got to make a change. Something, something's got to shift. So you get to that point. Was it the next day you decided to do something? How did you take that first step? Um, you know, she, some of the things she mentioned, she mentioned, um, she was really sweet. She said, I don't know what it's going to be for you. I don't know what you're going to enjoy. She goes, I enjoy running. You might like running. You might hate it. And I was like, run me. Like I'm 230 pounds. Like I'm just going to jiggle like jello, like <laughs> probably not going to happen. Um, but yeah, so the next morning I was feeling super desperate and honestly, I didn't grow up with any kind of athletic background. I, you know, we were kept at home, we didn't go to school. So I didn't have a background to fall in like, oh, in PE, we did XYZ or in high school, I enjoyed these athletics. 
um, I really didn't have anything. So I wasn't really sure where to start. I think I knew you at the time and you were running a lot and she had mentioned running. Um, so I remember feeling really desperate and just waking up the next morning and saying, God, what do you want me to do? Like what, what, I don't even know where to start. What should I start, start with? And, um, somebody told me about the couch to pot, uh, couch to 5k podcast. So I slapped that on uh, my phone and kind of started doing that. And I hated it. I really just hated it. And I remember putting post-it notes on my door like, you hate running. <laughs> if you think tomorrow you want to run, don't do it because you're going to get to the mailbox and you can't breathe. <laughs> uh, so uh, I ended up sticking with that. Andrew and I ran it together because I kept starting and stopping, starting and stopping. And my kids were, they were such they were my biggest cheerleaders. They were my biggest fans. And so Andrew was in, I think, probably junior high at that time. And he said, Mom, I'll run it with you. And so I, I don't remember if you were training for the marathon. Somebody I knew was training for marathon. And so we're like, okay, we'll run that 5K together. And Andrew was like, I'll run it with you. And so we followed out the podcast. And it's, the premise is he can take anyone from being a couch potato to being able to run a 5K in, I think, 10 weeks. And it's a lot of run walking. And each week it builds. Um, and some days I could do it. And some days I just didn't have the mental capacity to push through or I was tired. Um, I would run a lot at night because I was so embarrassed about how I looked. And again, I just felt really jiggly and it wasn't at all a fun process. It wasn't comfortable. I couldn't breathe. I just, yeah, I just really didn't en enjoy it. But I was starting to lose weight and starting to see some physical benefits. And as you get into it, you know, you kind of start to build your cardiovascular system and endurance. So it did get easier. I think it took me like almost an hour to finish this little 5k and, and Andrew way beat me to the finish line. He was running backwards saying, come on, mom, you know, in front of this crowd of people. And I was mortified and embarrassed and going, please God, can this just be over with? Um, but that was kind of the first, some of the first things that I did early on. So I'm curious in the middle of seeing the sticky notes <laughs> that told you that you hate running in the middle of the, you know, the embarrassment or the difficulty, what was it that kept you going? Cause that sounds like the place where most people would give up, but something kept you going. What was that? I think I had started and stopped so many times and I had had so many past just experiences of trying and failing and trying and failing. And with each time that, you know, I, I might see a little bit of progress, but then each step back, each time I stepped back and gave up, like I gained more weight and it just got harder and harder. And I think having that doctor, you know, Dr. Lippy say, Hey, this is the trajectory you're on. I think seeing that as my future, I was like, this has to be it. Because if I, if I slide back, I mean, it's just like, I'm going to be 250 pounds. Like, and, and you start thinking like the weight just keeps coming on and the physical activity just gets harder and harder. And so I kind of started forward thinking, like looking back to see the future a little bit mm -hmm. and just realizing that if I don't stick this out and make these healthy changes, it's just going to get harder and I'm just getting older. And it's just, so I think for me, that was kind of, that and, and not to sound, you know, cliche, but honestly, prayer, prayer is where our power is at. And so um, I feel like just really pressing into God and asking him for power um, to overcome. I think I was just really desperate. So when you would pray, what what was that? Was that just part of your morning quiet time? You pray, God, I really don't want to run today. Can you help me want to run? Were there specific 
promises you were holding to? What did what did that look like? Um, so yeah, first thing in the morning, just waking up and having a quiet time, but then also just praying throughout the day. And I think in that process, <clears throat> excuse me, in that process, um, just kind of having a mental shift and realizing that God was on my team and I needed his ideas because mine weren't working. Mm. So waking up in the morning and just asking God, saying, God, you know where I'm at and your word says you'll meet where, meet me where I'm at and that you'll come and that you'll, that I can, you know, rely on your strength and your power to help me. And it's just, could you give me creative ideas? Like, where do I run today? Do I run hills? Do I run flat? Well, you know, what do you want me to do? Um, and then with food, just saying, you know, God, what do you want me to eat today? Um, God, can you highlight foods that are good for me, that are healthy, healthy for me? Can you help me in this area? And just getting super practical. Um, you know, if I was really stressed out and I was stressed eating, just asking God, God, I'm really stressed out. Can you give me creative ideas so I manage the stress so that I don't stress eat today or, um, just kind of whatever was in front of me at that moment, really praying through it just practically and asking God to be on my team and to give me creative ideas and, He's so faithful and he's really faithful to meet us where we're at each step of the way. I absolutely love that because, you know, he can give us that immediate insight. We could try all the things that all the experts say, but just a few minutes with the Lord, he can, you know, just highlight that one thing. Oh, that's the thing that I would actually Mm -hmm. enjoy doing, or that's the thing that would actually work for me. So I love that that was a key to your, your transformation. So you ran the 5k. I know a lot of times we have a big goal and then we meet it and then we just kind of stop. What happened with you after that first 5K? So actually, I think a big key to my success was before the 5K because I I knew, I knew myself. I was like, I'm going to run this 5K and then I like, what am I going to do? So before the 5K, I signed up for a half marathon. And I did that because I knew that after the 5K, I would need another goal. And I, I just kind of figured that the 5k was probably going to be miserable and I might not enjoy it and I might quit afterwards. So have, so go ahead. So before the race, I just went ahead. I was like, I'm just going to sign up for a half marathon and then I'm just going to use this 5k like a training race. And that way, no matter how miserable it is, I have to keep going because I've signed up for something else already. And that's just kind of my personality. I like to be all in. Um, and I wanted to keep going. And so I did the same thing when I ran my first half marathon beforehand, I went ahead and signed up for a full marathon. And so um, that's just kind of my personality. Well, and by the way, that half marathon was the Barathon, which is considered the hardest half in Texas. And I run that half marathon. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure part of it through Cayman Park is vertical. <laughs> At least yeah, it felt you, like that. No, it is. You're running and you stick your hand out in front of you and you can pretty much touch pavement. Right. Yes. <laughs> it it's, is hard. It's brutal. So you, you, you run for a while. Is running still the thing you do? What, what is the, the rest of kind of just a synopsis, I guess, of your transformation entailed as far as how you get out and get active? Sure. So running was sort of like my first boyfriend, first kiss. I think I'll always look back on it with fond memories. Um, it's not, I mean, I, I still do run. I don't run a lot of endurance like I used to. Um, after I ran a couple of marathons and I started triathlons, adding in the swimming and the biking. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And again, kind of followed the same pattern, started off with a sprint and then an Olympic. And then before I completed the Olympic, I'd signed up for a half Ironman and then an Ironman. Okay, I, I don't actually... think I knew you did an Ironman. You did an Ironman? Yeah. 
No, I trained. Well, I was getting ready to specify. Oh, yes. I clarify that. Um, I did sign up for the and pay for the Ironman. It's kind of a spendy. Um, but in the process of training for it, I got up to about, uh, I got up to kind of the bulk of the training. I ended up with plantar fasciitis in both of my feet mm-hmm. from overtraining. And mm-hmm. so I ended up kind of having to cool it. You know, I thought I could walk. The, I was like, I can probably walk. And so I just kept training. And then it got to where I couldn't bike. And so I was like, okay, I, if I can't bike and I can't walk, then I probably shouldn't do this race. Wow, so but a half I, Ironman. <laughs> I've Wait, done multiple halves and those were fun. Yeah. And the endurance got to be a lot after a while. We got really busy. And so I found other things that I've enjoyed. I've done CrossFit and um, weightlifting and just some some other things that um, got really, just, it is seasonal, you know, mm-hmm. so you have to find, you find something that works. And like when I was running, I thought, oh, I'm going to run marathons for forever. Maybe I'll run a marathon in all 50 states or all the continents or, you know, I'm kind of a dreamer. Um, but it was perfect for that season. But then after a while, I kind of plateaued and it didn't work anymore. So then I transitioned into what did work for the next season. And that was triathlons. And then that got to where that didn't work. It was super time intensive and I couldn't commit to it. And so CrossFit, you know, it was an hour a day, but you feel like you're slammed down on the floor dying after a workout. <laughs> so that worked for a season. I mean, so you just kind of figure out what works for each season and, and go with that. And it sounds like the kind of the tying thing through all of that is the underlying motivation that you had to change the trajectory that you'd been on. So um, we're going to we're going to continue our conversation with Charity Stevens in the next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. We're going to go into a lot more detail of the things that were kind of the keys for change for her. We've touched on those a little bit, just the the motivation that she had along the way. But I, I love that you had a thing that, that kept you going, that kept you motivated because a lot of times it's in those transitions of, okay, I finished the 5k. Now what do I do? When we get to the end of things, and I love that you thought through that before you got to the end of it. So you had the next motivation. And I love also that you knew that you're a goals person, you're a dreamer. And so having those Mm -hmm. things in front of you were what kept you going. And so I feel like in this whole journey, just knowing that about yourself was mm-hmm. crucial and having that underlying motivation and, and really having that doctor's voice in your head saying, Hey, this is the trajectory that you're headed on. Mm-hmm. It's time to pick a new path. I love that. Yeah. Um, so to the woman listening who feels like she is where you were at back in 2009, you know, it's, it's, uh, the new year right now. And maybe I always call February the month where new year's resolutions go to die. <laughs> Yep. So what would you say to that woman right now who feels like she is at the bottom of the mountain? What would you say to kind of encourage her on that journey? What If you were in those doctor's shoes, looking her in the eye, what, how would yeah. you encourage her? Sure. Um, I would just say, you know, what you're doing is a hard thing. And so knowing that I was, there's so much grace, Jesus meets us in hard places. And so I would just say, um, yeah, I would just want to encourage you and say that, um, you know, find something that, uh, find one thing that you can do. I think sometimes you look at the big picture and it's completely overwhelming, but if you can break it down into just smaller steps and pick one thing like, okay, you know, I have three meals a day, seven days a week, like, okay, let's just focus on breakfast. Can I wake up in the morning and just have a healthy breakfast or what's one thing that you can do exercise wise that you can throw into your day? Maybe it's just parking at the back of the grocery store a lot and taking more steps to get to the grocery store. You know, it doesn't always have to be an Ironman or some, you know, 5k or something big, but just pick one small thing that you can do every day so that you're creating this habit of 
forward progress. And I would say, you know, for me, like, yeah, there's just things you can do in the morning, you know, when you wake up, put on tennis shoes. So you're telling it yourself in your head, I am going to go for a walk or mm-hmm. I'm going to go out. I mean, so just, yeah, find one thing that you can do, whether, and I, I would keep a little journal, like what's one thing I can do mentally? What's one thing I can do spiritually? What's one thing I can do physically? And just focus on that one thing, whatever it is, no matter how small it is, Jesus meets us in small things. And over time, those small things make big differences. So good. You guys, I know that you've loved our chat with Charity. And so I definitely want you to tune into the next one, because like I said, Charity hasn't just walked this journey, but she's also educated herself and she actually coaches other people through similar journeys. And so she has the knowledge and the ability to, you know, really break down some of the steps she took and the steps that we can take to kind of change the trajectory of our health. So I'm really excited about the next episode. And Charity, thank you so very much for joining us today. Where can people find you online? Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, Right now, I just have Facebook and Instagram. So Charity Stevens on Facebook and then Charity Stevens Fitness on Instagram. It's kind of uh, new and developing. So maybe eventually I'll do a website and a blog. But for now, I just social media Facebook and Instagram. Wonderful. You guys go check her out on Instagram. I've actually really, really enjoyed following her. So thank you guys so much for being with us this week. And Charity, thank you for being on the show. Thanks. Always a pleasure. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Isn't Charity amazing? I just love her humility and her heart to help people. Now, please note that we did record a part two of this interview with Charity. And in that episode, she goes into a ton of detail on how we can get started in our own health journey. So definitely stay tuned for that. Now, if you need more resources for your morning, head over to hellomornings.org. We have a lot of great stuff. We have printable trackers to help you do a 30-day challenge with our three-minute morning. If you don't know what our three-minute morning is, it's a super easy way to start your morning routine, and you can learn all about that over at hellomornings.org. So I hope you'll go and check that out and get on our email list, and we'll just send you all this stuff. Now, my name is Kat Lee, and I hope you'll join us next time for our next episode of the Hello Mornings podcast. This time for you I bow before the throne Of a noble king And in this place My heart begins to sing It's gonna be a good day A good day filled with his grace His grace and sweet new mercy This song is called God Day by Jen Stanbro. You can get your copy at iTunes, Amazon, or jenstanbro.com.